chapter nine of the book of love by paolo montegazza this librivox recording is in the public domain sublime puerilities of love like the butterfly which when just emerged from the involucra of the chrysalis still bears on its folded wings some strips of the wrapping in which it was long enveloped so love the youngest of human passions carries remnants of the robe of childhood which he has just discarded in his caprices and in his follies in his games full of grace and strength in his blind idolatries and in his childish sorrows he would say that you behold before you a child genius now he surprises you with his violence then he awakens your sympathy for his weakness now all-powerful then most timid now a hero then a coward to-day he defies heaven with closed fists to-morrow he will with tears implore a caress love is childish because he is a child childish because he is a poet childish because unleashing all the impulses of the moral world and agitating in a convulsive kaleidoscope all the images of thought he is more often lyric than epic and writes more dithyrams than stories more poems than philosophical treatises furthermore love is puerile because he is also so religious as to be superstitious and subject to all the nonsensical ideas that may pass through the brain of a timid and ignorant woman love even in northern countries delights in the pomp of the idolatry which is most characteristic of the south protests against the severe worship of certain religious sects and being a great admirer of churchly gorgeousness demands incense images tinsel altars insignia canopies and tabernacles no religion ever had more senseless idolatry than love no olympus had more gods more altars and more priests he accepts every belief every worship from the fetish of the savage to the omnipotent invisible god of nobler religions full of faith and fears love would himself have invented idolatry if this had not had an infinity of other roots to sprout from through the human brain when man feels desires loves very much and has reached the furthermost boundary of the human field he always erects an altar with the richest and most beautiful material at his command and there on his knees prays and adores often he prays and adores at the same time to that altar he brings the amber and the coral gathered on the seashore and the gold found in the sands of the stream the poetry found in his erratic wanderings through the heaven of the ideal the most beautiful flowers of his thought and offers all as a tribute to a creature of earth or space of nature or imagination and to love also man erects his altar at the furthermost boundary of the human world and on his knees solemnly asserts that beautiful good and holy above everything is the creature whom he loves not satisfied with this he raises himself upon the altar and casts avidious glances into the darkness of the unknown where no form appears to him but the expansion and the reflection of the rays of this world 
and there he is suspended over the abysses of nothingness in that darkness live all the infinities all the gods all the human loves carried into the farthest regions of the ideal to love everything is holy that has been touched by the hand the eye or the thought of the beloved everything in which the dear image is reflected all these become an object of worship all is transformed into a magic mirror in which we contemplate our god who does not remember the adoration for a rose-bush from which she had plucked a flower and the idolatry for a petal which she had scented and who does not remember the thousand various and foolish relics of love in the reliquary of love have found a place the beautiful and the grotesque the horrid and the graceful i had a friend who used to weep for long hours with joy and emotion kissing and contemplating a thread of silk which she had held in her hands and which was for him the only relic of love another kept on his desk for long years the skull of his sweetheart as his dearest companion there are those who have slept for months and years with a book a dress a shawl and who can enumerate all the sublime puerilities all the ardent tendernesses all the insensate acts of the idolatry of love sensations accumulate such mysterious and deep energies in the brain of man that at a sign from us they can all spring up and erect an edifice before us greater and more beautiful than the reality of things no woman was ever as beautiful as the image which her lover sees in the calm of his solitary adoration or pictures upon the black ground of a night of dreams a comparison which would often be dangerous if the magic brush of imagination did not also overcolour the beauty of the things seen by the eye and caressed by the hand but it is a comparison however which often sows the lives of artists and poets with sorrow delusions and even crimes if every beautiful woman could know all the kisses all the caresses all the hymns offered to her by the multitude of men who admire and desire her she would certainly feel proud that she possessed the power of calling forth so many energies from the world of the living who knows where all those rays end where the heat of so many motions accumulates where such a scattered force gathers again if it is true that nothing is lost of all that is generated what transformation takes place in so many ardent desires that extend in the infinite void of space modesty imposes a great sobriety of behaviour on woman often a tyrannical reserve she conceals from our eyes the most intimate adorations the revels of the heart and the strange hysterics of sentiment we always less enamoured than she give vent more freely to our effervescence and if a beautiful and fortunate woman should describe the scenes which she has witnessed in her youth she would present a collection of caricatures before which all others would grow dim and mawkish a collection which would combine the grotesque with the sublime folly with passion impudent threats of death and impossible fasts sudden abandonments of one's dignity abdications of common sense stupid sacrifices of one's own personality orgies of fancy and hurricanes of the senses humiliations worthy of a franciscan friar and braggart rodomontades how much misery how many carnivals and bacchanalia and how much baseness has woman to witness fortunately for us she is merciful and modest 
for our honour's sake she covers us with a corner of her queenly mantle hiding our puerilities from the eyes of the profane and often from our own End of chapter nine